This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. The following episode of TOEFOP is rated M.A. It may contain Batman references, time travel references, sexual references, lost trains of thought, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who enjoys succinct, coherent conversation that might actually have a point. Minors must be accompanied by a parent, guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax. This is Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Hello, Charlie Clawson. How are you? Good, Will. And uh, we should start off by saying it's our super producer, Mike Howell's 100th episode. And I can actually see him today. He's, he, our AI seems to have taken human form. He's uh, in the corner box of us actually podcasting today, which is not normally what happens. I feel like that has something to do with the 100 episodes. Like the 100 episodes was the first part of his, you know, AI robot, you know, testing. It was Westworld sort of, you know, before the initial incident. Mm. And now that he's got to 100, Would you he's say taken w- some vaguely human form. It was his beta period. He just 100 episodes just to test out the uh, frailties of the human form. But he feels like he's solved most of them now. He's ready to be implanted into an organic mass and here he is. Yeah, well, it's like when they come up with a new iPhone or a new like computer game or whatever, they have like an audience of, you know, a thousand people or whatever who have this closed circuit on the game and can play it and test it and see if there's anything the designers mm. haven't spotted in it. That's what Tofop's been like. There's been a select amount of people who listen to this podcast, not too many. <laughs> it's been in test mode. It's been in beta mode up until this point. But as of today, we go full alpha. I've got to say, I'm finding it quite disconcerting. Don't take this the wrong way, Michael, but I'm trying to minimise your window because it's quite strange to have an audience of one staring back at us. I'm just trying to work out how I... Ah, oh, thank you. Great. He's just shut the... He shut his camera off. And that's much better. Oh, now he's back and it's terrifying. No, it's a still. That's much better. Okay, Will's gone full screen. I feel much more relaxed. I don't know. Ironically, I wasn't relaxed when the show started because we had a silent observer, a silent Viking watching us from the shadows. Well, more than like an AI come to life, he had a very touch of a television show we've talked about uh, on Tofop before, Wurzel Gummidge, you know, the scarecrow who yeah. came to life. And because because where Michael was sitting in his seat, there was this like dummy, like, you know, a kind of mannequin dummy that he'd has, he dressed up in Halloween gear. I believe it's a uh, something that you practice boxing on. It's one of those kind of dummies you punch and kick. It's like a torso, male torso. Yeah, it's like featureless you know, male it's, torso. Batman has one in his training lab, sort of. Deal. I mean, we're we're saying that, or it could actually be a male torso, a cadaver that Michael has dragged <laughs> into his basement. It's just jauntily put on a pike, put like a Nightmare Before Christmas mask and a hawthorn scarf on, and we've just got, oh, isn't that delightful? That human corpse he has behind him. That Buffalo Bill's a real character. Yeah, I went around to his house. He's always got lotion. It's a cool hangout. <laughs> My skin has actually never felt better. He's a good friend. Uh, now, Will, it's been a fucking... It's been a bit of a shit week for me. Uh, the bin has still not turned up. <laughs> the bin is gone. I, uh, As I informed people last week, I did a bit of a hunt around. I couldn't find it 
anywhere. I do have an interesting new lead, though, having spoken to the lady at the council. Okay, well, tell me. Uh, like, this is all for our new movie, Dude, Where's My Bin? Yeah. <laughs> there you go, Fosdyke. There's your uh, companion piece to last week's artwork, Dude, Where's My Bin? Uh, yeah, no, I spoke to the one at the council and I uh, immediately pointed the finger at teenagers when, when I explained. Oh, I said, look, I think it's been stolen Have you turned into by... an old man? Firstly, you're cleaning up their bomb yeah. cave and now you're pointing the finger at them for stealing your bin. Bloody teenagers. <laughs> no evidence that it's teenagers, by the way. You've just nah. decided in your old man, Clint Eastwood, get off my lawn mind that somehow it's teenagers' yeah. fault. Yeah, a gang of teenagers, a gang of ruffians, <laughs> a gang of hooligans. Raps Yahoos, if you will. will. <laughs> Um, and she said more likely what happens with the bin is sometimes, because, you know, it's all automated, the little forks come out from the truck and they grab the bin and they toss it over the shoulder to get the rubbish out. He said sometimes the forks don't hold the bin tightly enough and you get a bin tossed into the back of the truck. So she thinks that is maybe what has happened to my bin. I don't know if that's right. Look, I can't remember specifically the day my bin went missing. So I think it was a couple of days after the rubbish collection. Pop, popular children's book, by the way, The Day My Bin Went Missing. Kids love it. <laughs> All my nieces and nephews love the Day My Bin Went Missing series. I did notice there were some American listeners online uh, laughing, uh, kind of patronizingly, of our use of the word bin. Because, of course, I believe they use the word trash can. Yeah. They talk about their trash cans. And I know that you should be laughing at our use of the word bin. No, in fact, I think bin is better because like bin is short for rubbish bin, obviously, um, in the same way as you know, can is short for trash can. But you never hear anyone saying, you know, I'm putting my can out. Did you just say can is short for trash can? <laughs> well, no, I, I meant in this example, right? So like right. bin, yeah. we're using as an abbreviation for rubbish yeah. bin because there are other sorts rubbish of bins. bins. Yeah. But we're using like bin yeah. has become that sort of word of going, we know it's a wheelie bin, we know it's an outdoor bin, it's, it's your home bin, right? And But in the same way, I'm mm-hmm. saying that like they, they would say trash can, but you rarely hear somebody mm-hmm. say, you'll hear them say put it in the trash and they'll drop the can, yeah. but they won't drop the cash yeah. and leave the can like we do. Have you ever used the phrase waste paper basket? <laughs> I mean, that to me just seems too exclusive. Like there's only one sort yeah. of thing, one sort of rubbish that you're, one sort of trash that you're allowed to put in your bin slash can. Like a waste paper basket. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I have used it before. That, to me, that's an exclusive. That, that is pre-recycling. That was the domain of the office is you would have a waste paper basket, normally like a wire a wire basket that you would put like photocopier paper into, scraps of paper. But now we have, everything goes in a recycling bin. Yeah, so the recycling bin is the waste paper basket, but it's also the waste plastic what basket. Do you, what do Americans call a recycling bin? Is it a recycling trash can? And is it, it's not really a trash can, it's still a big plastic wheelie bin. Recycling can, it's My not cal- recycling trash. This, this, no, this country's what, what falling you, apart, this is bullshit. <laughs> They call it a recycling bin. So hang on. Hang on. Ordinary trash is a trash can and recycling is a recycling bin. Make your bloody mind up, America. Because only bloody those feminist snowflake cuck British recycle. Because <laughs> in Trump's America, making America great again, you don't recycle if you're a real man. That's right. You just don't even, you don't even use a trash can or a bin. You just throw it out the window. Exactly. Someone else's problem. This is America. Marga, where's my hat? Oh, I threw it out the window. <laughs> Uh, so she, um, she, the lady at the council said, look, we'll send you out another, another bin straight away, but it hasn't arrived. And I started getting worried that maybe, maybe I'm being targeted 
Maybe the bin did get dropped off, and those same teenagers who stole my first bin have stolen my second bin. So they've got my original bin, and now they have a brand new bin as well. I mean, this seems like a comprehensive plan for teenagers to hatch. I feel like teenagers <laughs> would have lost the interest in the you know how long it's going to take you to get a replacement bin. However, I do like the idea that it's a neighbour who needs a new bin. They know they can't have your bin because it's got a chain on it. It's been modified, as you said. But it's also been used in quite a disgusting <laughs> fashion, as you revealed, like on the show this week. And so I think they looked at your bin and they've hatched this long-term plan. They didn't want your original bin. They've sacrificed your original bin in the hope that when the brand new bin is delivered, they can intercept that delivery and they can get themselves a brand new bin, which they can then fashion as their own. And you won't know that they've stolen your bin. It's actually a perfect crime. Why wouldn't they just order a new bin for themselves? Why don't they just call the council and say, hey, my bin's gone missing? Like, you know, set up some, uh, 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 like, a, a scam where they, like, push their bin off a cliff or down some stairs or something like that and then call the council and say, I don't know what happened to my bin. Uh, maybe they want two bins. Maybe they feel like they are, ah, like, yeah. you know. Well, that's, that's what I think these ruffians, these teenagers, these yahoos, these hooligans, I figure in my mind, because summer's coming... And, uh, and I live in a beachy kind of suburb. I'm like, oh, they're planning for their summer parties and they just want something they can fill with ice. Well, that's why they need a brand new bin. They don't want to put their ice in your dirty dog poo fucking festy fucking <laughs> chained up creation. Frankenstein's bin. <laughs> Frankenbin. Frankenbin's monster. <laughs> well, maybe. I mean, because they have to do drop my... The other thing, the other... Uh, cur- the, the curl in the tail, if you will, will, if you will, will, is that... My address, when you give my address, it's not actually where the entrance to the building is. Often if you order an Uber or a cab or whatever, you find them waiting around the corner, which is the actual street address. But the address where you enter the building, where the bin sit, is actually around the corner. And I am worried, again, that the bin has been dropped off at the street address because they just would have been using their Google Maps. And it's been sitting there and I haven't realized in time and someone else has taken my bin. Well, it feels to me, Charlie, that your your schedule is not so chock full that you haven't been constantly waiting for this bin as being one of the highlights of your week. So I think you would have spotted oh, the bin. Mate, my, my schedule has been jam-packed this week. I don't know if you know, Will, but um, apparently there's a newsagent owner who's very angry with me right now. <laughs> well, should we just finish up on the bins before we get to that? Because it, clearly we need to talk about yet another disaster Believe it in the or world not- of TOEFOP. Believe it or not, and that is not even the worst thing that's happened to me this week. So, sure, okay, let's wrap up the bin. Bin talk done. I don't okay. know. Do they not give you some contribute. sort of bin tracking number or some sort of bin tracker where you can sort of see if the bin's still at the council, whether it's on the way to your house? In fact, why don't all bins have a tracker in them? Shouldn't they be sent out by the council with a specific, like, you know, it's assigned to your household and they know that it's your bin and they all have kind of an individual thing and the local council can monitor where the bins have been? I think it's a, well, is it like a shopping trolley kind of thing where you need to send someone out? There has to be like a bin wrangler. Like maybe there's a guy, like a bin whisperer, a guy who goes out like a lone wolf type dude who goes around and finds all the lost bins. Or is it a bit more like, you know, like a hard, a hard bitten crime novel about the guy who you call in because you've got a missing child. It's like, you know, my bin's been abducted. I'll pay you $10,000 to find my bin. Oh, you're talking about some sort of binty hunter. Yeah, yeah, a binty hunter. I'm thinking more gone, binny gone. (laughs) 
Just some guy, you know, just some guy who's raised on the streets. He's got all the contacts, you know. He, raised when in he a can't bin. go to the police. He grew up in a bin, in a dumpster. In a he bin. was a dumpster That's baby. Right. And he grew up with this impeccable t- sense of being able to locate a bin. And he's always trying to yeah. find the bin that's, that's right. actually his home. That's what the show's about on a more meta level, is that one day he'll actually track down the bin that had his, the rest of his family in it. Because the problem is, Will, is bin people won't talk to the police. No. That's the problem. Like, if someone goes missing in the bin community, they're not going to talk to the police. They shut up shop. They've been fucked over too many times by the cops. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. you, know they, you, know, you know who else they won't talk to? Antifa. <laughs> they get thrown through windows so bloody much. So you can't go to the cops. You can't go to Antifa. You've got to go to this guy. <laughs> I like the fact that we've now mentioned Antifa two weeks in a row on this podca- po- podcast, which means that this podcast is now on at least 10 more lists than it previously was. Well, as long as we get those Apple ratings up. Yeah, in fact, <laughs> I'm all for if there's anybody from the government monitoring this podcast, uh, <laughs> patreon.com forward slash tofop. I, look, I'll, I'll keep... I'm sure people are sitting on the edge of their seats well, I, 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 with this bin narrative. Here's what I want to know. What are you doing with your yeah. trash in the meantime? Well, someone down the road, because they have their number painted on the bin, I know it's from like a neighbour, they have left their bin out the front of my place for a suspiciously long time. Like it's just been sitting on the sidewalk where my bin would normally sit. And they haven't taken it back. After the bin collection, they didn't take it back. So I've just been using that. I mean, you know, if it's out in the street, it's fair game. That's, you know my <laughs> rules with bins on the street, Will. If you're going to leave your bin on the street, anything goes. Law of the jungle. Law of the bingle. Laura bingle. Oh, my God. <laughs> Lara bingle. That's how you get to Lara bingle. Law of the jungle. Law of the bingle. Lara bingle. I mean, it makes a lot, a lot of sense because you have been saying to your being, where the bloody hell are you? Have you <laughs> thought, Charlie, that at any stage that perhaps yep. the neighbours down the street who've left their bin in front of your place have accidentally taken your bin back to their place and it's just been a straight bin swap? Yes. Yeah, no, I did think that. Um, so I went, because their entrance to their place is off an alleyway. And so I went down the alleyway and I was trying to look over the fence into their backyard, but it was a high fence and I felt a bit dodgy about doing that. But look, it could be the case that they have taken my bin. Um, I don't know why they would, because it's not like my bin is an upgrade on their bin. They're both about exactly the same condition. Last time I checked, their bin also had bags of dog poo in it from people who'd been walking past. (laughs) So... I said to the woman at the council, I said, look, it's no rush because uh, I didn't have much to dump in the bin. I probably do two big bin dumps a week, I think, mainly from the kitchen. Um, and I'd done one just before the bin collection, so I'd taken one out. But I'm getting near the point where I need to drop another bag of rubbish. And bin collection's not till Tuesday night. So I am cutting it fine. But as long as this rogue bin, this new bin on the scene, doesn't get filled up, I should be okay. I mean, what I will do is... If it gets to crisis point, I'll bag up the rubbish, I'll leave it on the back porch, and I'll wait until the night before bin collection, and then I'll run out and I'll dump it in someone else's bin. Yeah, okay. That seems like a fair plan. I think that once everyone's put their bins out on bin night, then it's open game. Like, basically, once you've put your bin on the street, if there's a little bit left in your bin and you're a nearby neighbor who doesn't have anything left in their bin, I think there's a kind of unwritten, you know, understanding that you can top up someone else's bin once it's out on bin night. Okay, can you top it up with dog shit? 
<laughs> straight from the dock <laughs> after after the bin's yeah. no no I don't think so I still don't I still think that should go in your own bin alright 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 <laughs> so now you know our views our comprehensive views on dog shit and bins okay faxes uh, everyone send right. facts everyone read facts uh, it seemed like one of the greatest of all TOEFOP achievements to be honest we came up with a stupid idea on this podcast we uh, faced a series of hurdles including the difficulty of uh, finding a fax machine getting a fax line in all these sort of things and we conquered them Charlie and I, when I say we I mean you and you were a real hero yeah. to me yeah. you, 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 you struck yeah. out in a leadership sense, I, I think, and like, you know, made some deals, some off the book deals. You took our Patreon money without authorization, made some off the book deals with some local news agent to receive faxes on our behalf. Yeah. You monitored the faxes, yeah. you diligently collected the faxes. So, Charlie, yeah. uh, if people are listening yeah. for the first time, uh, firstly, welcome to the podcast. It's not always 15 minutes of bin chat up the front, but it probably will be until we find a new bin. <laughs> Uh, secondly, <laughs> yes, uh, we did receive faxes to this podcast until last week. Charlie, please continue. Yeah, okay. So we uh, had these sticker books that we had made up and we discussed off air, like, what would be fun giveaways, you know, so we can give these sticker books away. And we're like, well, we've got this fax thing that seems to be going well. And the faxes had started to taper off. There was a wave of enthusiasm when we started in September. We got quite a few faxes. And then... You know, what had been a stream had slowed to something of a trickle. So we thought, well, why don't we use the sticker books to incentivize people to send us faxes? So we put a bit of a call out. I made a funny little video. We uh, plastered the number of this newsagent far and wide. (laughs) And in my head, I thought maybe like we'll get, you know, a dozen or so, maybe 10 faxes over the course of a week. So maybe like two a day or something like that. Turns out we got a lot more than that. So I put that video up on Monday. I think Mike Howell put some info out on the socials around about the same time, about Monday. And we also had the episode get released on Monday. So Tuesday goes by, no issue. Tuesday morning, I get a phone call from a number I don't recognize. And it's a message. And so I play the message and it's the woman who owns the store. And she's like, hey, Charlie, um, could you come down um, and get your faxes? And I was like, okay, cool. That's funny. She's never called before. Normally I just sort of rock up at whatever time and and get the faxes. And so I uh, wander down to the news agent and I stick my head in and she was very flustered. Like she looked like she had not slept. And it turns out she, it turns out she hadn't slept because the phone line (laughs) to their house also doubles as a fax line. So essentially, without realizing it, we doxed this woman. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So the way she oh. explained it was she, like, I sort of said, hey, uh, what's going on? She grabbed this folder, this manila folder that she would always keep the faxes in, and she thrust it at me, and she was like, no more faxes. Stop the faxes. No more faxes. <laughs> And I was like, what's going on? She's like, all night, nonstop, the phone ringing, ringing, ringing. And I was like, oh, okay. I said, I'm, I'm really sorry about that. I said, look, we just, we did this competition and we put this call out. And she's like, I don't care. She was like, day and night, day and night. She's gone, I was hanging up on people. She would like, get up. Because I did have people message me to say, hey, I'm trying to send you a fax, but it's not going through. <laughs> it's because this woman was like cancelling calls, like nonstop. Oh, no. And so... 
So I was like, well, how about a bit of financial compensation? How about a bit yeah. of brown paper bagging? You know, right? Why don't we like? Why don't we? Why don't we? I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, let's double the monthly amount. She's like, no, nah, done. No more. She even when she gave me the faxes, she'd written like written up a receipt for us for the one month of faxes, like just to make sure she didn't want my dirty money. You know, she didn't want anything. Here's your receipt. It's all above board, but you're out of here. Wow. And so I was like, I'm really sorry. She's like, I don't care if you're sorry. Take the faxes. Get. She didn't say. She didn't say it in these words, but essentially it was like, take your faxes and get the fuck out of here. I don't care. So that's if when. You're sorry. That's that's yeah. someone who has really been pushed to the edge when they're just like, because I can imagine you would be extremely apologetic. You know, you wouldn't go on the front yes. foot. You're offering more money. You know. And, you know, you, you take a no as a no. But when she just says, yeah. I don't care if you're sorry, I just never want to see you again. Take your faxes, get the fuck out of my shop, and never come back. You are the worst thing that's <laughs> happened to me this year. So I left the newsagent, went to the office, and that's when I uh, got in touch with you and Mike Hal and... I think I sent you a message along the lines of, hey, guys, like this is really blown up in our faces. We need to take down any references to that number. Um, I then had to... So I think this is three days. So I put the video up asking for faxes on a Monday. Then had to record a video on the Wednesday asking people to stop sending faxes. (laughs) And as someone on Twitter pointed out, like only on Tofop, would a scheme to get more faxes result in more faxes and result in us not being able to get faxes? <laughs> I guess we underestimated the appeal of a sticker book, Charlie. Well, that's the other thing. So a few people, since we put up the, uh, hey, stop sending faxes to this woman, and I've got to say, everyone towed the party line. Very proud of you guys. Like for a minute, I thought... Will people think this is a stunt? Right. Because it's happened in such rapid succession. Send faxes, don't send faxes. Like, I thought maybe some people might have thought we were playing games with them. Oh, we should definitely send them a fax. But no, <laughs> apparently there were no more faxes. I did check. There were no more faxes sent. She told you Wednesday to never come back, in. Charlie. She told you she never wanted to see you again. Well, here's the thing, Will. You know what I'm, what I'm like. And I was raised Catholic. I feel a lot of guilt. I hate putting people out. The idea that I'd upset this woman and even put her out in the first place upset me. So uh, I took some of that Patreon money and I went to a florist and I bought a big bunch of flowers. Well done. So I went to in there on, (laughs) went in there on Wednesday, uh, Friday, sorry, and I gave her the flowers and I, and she was in a much better mood. I think she'd had a couple of nights sleep. (laughs) Like the phone hadn't been ringing off the hook. Yeah, she's in a much better mood when she's rested, when she hasn't been kept up all night in some sort of Guantanamo-based-style torture technique of a fax machine ringing over and over again. That would break anyone. (laughs) So I gave her the flowers. Uh, I wrote a little message from Tofop, from from all of Tofop, saying thanks for being a good sport. We're sorry about that. And she was in a much better mood. I tried to explain to her what a podcast was. She didn't really get it. Okay. Um, I said, if you know, I offered her, I offered her the right of reply. I said, look, I can put something online if you'd like to upload a message to the people who kept you up for two nights. I think it would be hilarious. And she wasn't really into that. She didn't want to publicize it. Wanted to stay anonymous. Completely, completely understand that. It was hard to know what kind of flowers to buy. I actually asked the florist for some advice because I was like, I need to apologize to someone. 
but did it's a very florist, specific yeah, apology. I was say, did the florist ask what the nature of the apology was? Yes. <laughs> and I told her. And she had no answer for me. I said, I, I sent, I, I, I said my actions resulted in someone being sent too many faxes. And she said, uh, maybe some yellow flowers? So I got her a nice big... So apparently out there, if you somehow end up sending someone too many faxes, yellow flowers are, are, are the go. So look, I think we're on, I think we're on speaking terms. Um, uh, uh, I, I think she's okay. It was just that two-day period, that 48 hours of hell that she, she went through. And um, I don't know, we could have anticipated that things, I mean, we could have anticipated if we really thought it through. Uh, we underestimate the popularity of our show sometimes, I think. Well, also, you just don't quite know what people are going to do, right? Because if those faxes had come consistent, if that amount of faxes had consistently come through over the like three weeks or whatever, it would have only been a couple a day and then it would have been almost like the perfect mm. thing. But it's like, it's like ticker tech or something, right? Like it's that idea yeah. that like, you know, all the tickets go on sale that day and everybody wants to buy the tickets that day, that they won't spread them out over a week. And part of me is like, if I hadn't done such a hard push, like if we had just left it at the episode of us talking about, hey guys, you know, send us a fax, best fax wins a sticker book. Maybe it would have been that trickle, but I had to push it. I had to record a video, had to get Mike Hal to push it on the socials. Like maybe that was the problem, like a bullet a gate. Or maybe Charlie, it's an example of the lesson that if we actually did anything at all to promote this podcast, it actually works. Like, yeah. you know... <laughs> I mean, That's imagine if we point, use yeah. these powers for good instead of destroying a poor woman's life. Uh, funny you should mention that, Will, because next week we're doing our first ever live stream. And if people want to be part of that, they can go to patreon.com forward slash tofop, sign up for any amount. That amount is deducted from your account monthly. So from a dollar up to whatever you feel comfortable donating. And over the course of the next few days, my cow will release the details of, uh, I'll send you a link of how to uh, sign up for the live stream. So next Saturday which I believe is, let me check the date. Next Saturday is the... Next Saturday is the 3rd of November at 1 p.m. Uh, Pacific, what are we, Eastern Standard Time, Pacific Standard Time? What do they call it? Michael, could you um, put all the dates and times on our uh, you know, page that people can access and then they'll be able to see all the different time zones when we do it? But uh, the other thing is, can you also leave in how long it took Charlie to look up the date there? Because I knew the date the entire time and I didn't know whether I should just tell you what the date is because I thought you were going to find it really quickly. Because we did a little promo test before this podcast where we said the date. Yeah. And then I thought you were going to like... Yeah, but... And then it took you ages. I was and I was sitting here the whole time going, do I just tell him? Oh, he's already looking it up now. No, I didn't. But when we did the promo, I said at the time, I wasn't sure if that was the right date. I was guessing. Yeah, but and then I, was I right. said, yes, it so is you should November be... the 3rd. And so... Oh, okay. So you just don't believe what oh, I tell you. you. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that, yeah that's, <laughs> that's exactly it. Why would I trust you? Yeah, so be part of the live stream. Go to patreon.com forward slash tofop. Um, and look, if the response uh, to the faxes can be duplicated with the live stream, that would be awesome. This is something that we're trying to implement to become a regular thing. Um, you know, we've decided we want to open up the Patreon to everyone and we want to give you guys value back. So if this live stream goes okay, and chances are it probably won't, there will be another disaster, but it's very much on brand. Yeah, tune in to see the disaster. I mean, you don't want to miss the, whatever yeah. obvious disaster that there's going to be. 
I mean, and you know we will yeah. take your Patreon money and use it for good things, like hiring a fax machine for a month, then having to buy flowers as an apology for the person who hired us a fax machine. <laughs> so we do have our last batch of faxes yes. here, Will. Um, I'm sure it would have been more, but as I said, uh, she said she cancelled and hung up on a lot of people. So I apologise to anyone who couldn't get through. Um, but we'll go through these facts. And I've got to be honest with you too. Like at first I was like, well, there's got to be another, like the facts can't be dead. Like there's got to be another option. Like I know there's like a, a senior citizens um, community hall just down the road. And I'm like, they would definitely have a fax machine. And what are they doing? They're playing like bridge during the day. Maybe I can go down there and see if I can take their fax machine. So look, as of now, everyone read facts is dead, but it's not all the way dead. If I find the right avenue to revive it, we will. But for now, we need to let the dust settle. We don't want to dox anyone else in my local community. <laughs> but I'm always, I will always have an eye out for fax opportunities. Okay, hang on. Just opening the last folder of faxes. Oh, shit. There's quite a few. Okay. Oh, jeez. Oh, boy. All right. Hang on. <laughs> uh, okay, sorry. I'm back there. I just had to take a little break to sort out these faxes. But um, <laughs> to make matters even worse for this poor woman, um, I realized that we received a few duplicates. So not only was this phone ringing off the hook, it was some of the same numbers. I assume it's someone who couldn't get through or got hung up on and sent it through a second time. So, right. For the last time. Play the jingle, Mike Hal. Ba 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 da 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 da. Okay, hey Tofop, following oh, following to my previous facts. <laughs> Fuck. Right. Okay. So this dude sent two. All right. Okay. Start that again. All right. <clears throat> hey, Will and Charlie. I decided to handwrite this because I thought it would be cooler to do so since uh, to do so since I faxed it. I wanted to tell you that I listened to your first ever episode and I have no idea why you continued it. <laughs> <laughs> the shit you spoke. I mean, never has something summed up this podcast more than that comment. (laughs) (laughs) The shit you spoke about should never be spoken about again. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. (laughs) To the audience, I really recommend you don't go back that far. Unless you want to listen about a story drinking cum off a redneck American's eye. (laughs) However... I am grateful that you're still going strong. Your comedy is unlike anyone else on the internet. Keep going strong. I will always be a fan ever since I discovered you. (laughs) (laughs) Kind regards, Tevin D'Souza. And he signed it. P.S. Try and pronounce my name correctly. Well, I can because I actually went to school with a D'Souza. P.S.S. I had to fax this from work. Didn't even realize we had a fax. (laughs) Hey, mate. You didn't realize you had a fax. Is that fax machine for hire? (laughs) 
Now, that would be very on-brand for Tofop if our faxes were just going to some random office. Like, you know, I don't know. Did he say where he was from? He didn't? No, it doesn't say. Okay. doesn't say. Uh, he followed up, though. He followed up. Um, so, let's see. First one he sent that. Uh, he sent his first one. Two, like, he sent his first one on the 20th and followed up with his second one two days later. Okay. That's annoying. <laughs> For the poor woman at the news agent. Hey, Tofop, just following up to my previous facts. I had a, I had a, I had in a rush, I had in a rush sent you a fax without my email. I had also forgotten to tell you that in my previous fax that I sent it from work. That is a lie. I tried to send it from work, but I failed. So I used hello fax instead, which was easier to use. I'll keep this nice and short. Keep up the good work again. And he says, I want that sticker album thingy. It sounds awesome. Okay, so that's why he included his email. But uh, I needed your actual mailing address. So, uh, sorry, no, no sticker book for you. We'll work out something with the sticker books. Just, just, just leave it with us. Maybe it'll have to be just like the best T-mail we get from now on or something. Okay, next facts. To Colin Fop. Hey, Tofop. It's Ash again. Charlie, thanks for not reading the business name. Uh, reading out the business name last time, I've only just started at this bleep. And while I doubt anyone here listens, sorry, I don't think it'd be considered a good use of my time or company equipment. Anyway, I wanted to share with you a delicious recipe I've been rocking and force on anyone who comes to dinner. I call it a halloumi burger. Whoa, a halloumi burger, you say? (laughs) What what manner of madness is this crazy thing he's dubbed the halloumi burger? (laughs) So... You start with a block of halloumi. Mm. The Cheap Willys brand one works best because it keeps its shape. And you slice it in half lengthways to make it half as thick. Then you cook it in a sandwich press. Toast it up real good. Get yourself some Turkish bread. Slice that open. Spread on some avocado. Beetroot dip and mayo on the bread. A couple slices of tomato and some baby spinach. Then add the warm halloumi. Not exactly revolutionary, but delicious. Yum, yum. Yum. Yeah, not exactly revolutionary at all in that it's pretty at much all, a really. standard halloumi burger that you would buy at any place who has on the menu a halloumi burger. Like it's all some variation on what you've just described. I mean, not particularly original. No, not original at all, unless you've never left the house before. And my favorite bit was get the Turkish bread and slice that open. Oh, okay. So I don't just like wrap the Turkish bread around the halloumi. <laughs> I am familiar with a burger, Ash. Um, just writing about the delicious, just writing about the deliciousness has made me want one. Dinner tonight is decided. You should join me. Not literally. I'm too awkward and shy, and also a stranger who lives in Queensland. It's just not practical. But have one yourselves. Okay. Bye, Ash. <laughs> have one and think of me, the inventor of the halloumi yeah. burger. It's not even really a burger if it's in Turkish bread. It's more a halloumi sandwich. Halloumi sandwich. Uh, Does sound delicious, by the way. I I don't mean to mock your halloumi burger. It sounded delicious. Isn't this interesting? I've just noticed on these faxes, all of them give the date that they're received. And they're marked at 2017. Isn't that weird? Maybe these faxes have been going through like like a... Time, temporal displacement. Maybe that's just when the warranty on the fax machine ran out. 
Like you can't get a new one anymore. So they're just using someone that's actually, we never imagined anyone would use a fax after 2017. <laughs> so we never put any numbers in. Okay. Now some of these are handwritten, so they're going to be a bit more of a challenge for me okay. to read. Uh, two Colin Fop. Hey, Will and Charlie. First time faxer, long time listener. That should probably be the other way around. First time listener. No, first time faxer, long time listener. That should Oh, as in long-time listeners should go first, right? I get you. Uh, I thought he was going to say, I'm a first-time listener, long-time faxer, which would have been much more interesting. It's an incredibly insecure way to uh, start the... Start, the, uh, start a, start letter, a fax. Isn't it, though? It's like Woody Allen's fucking written us. <laughs> I'm writing to let you know that as a Patreon supporter, I wholly endorse this on-brand business decision of investing correspondence via fax machine. I'm currently writing this as quickly as as I can. No, I'm current, I'm currently writing this as quickly as I can as on pen and paper as opposed to email and it's arousing suspicion from my coworkers. <laughs> <laughs> as you a lot of I mean what we're getting insight here is a, a lot of Australia's productivity is under threat because of this stupid fax idea. A lot of people are at work writing these faxes when they should be working. I love that all it takes to arouse suspicions for you from your co-workers is to <laughs> use a pen and paper, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As you've developed a penchant for analog technology and increasing distrust in artificial intelligence, what other technologies would you like to see revived for modern audiences, e.g. vinyls, cassettes, etc., VHS? Um, we have talked in the past about doing a TOEFOP episode just on cassette tape. I mean, I'd love to do that just as a collectible, but I don't know like uh, the practicalities of actually doing a conversion onto cassette tape or if anyone would actually be able to play it. When we did our live show at the Opera House last year, um, for people who have heard that episode, I, uh, the second Opera House show we did, I recorded the entire thing on cassette tape. So I actually have the original, the masters of our second show with Bert Kreischer. Um, under the guise of trying to record ghostly sounds, I haven't listened to it, the whole thing, but there are the master tapes. I mean, that could be a, that could be a one-off Patreon reward, the original cassette recording of our second Opera House show. <laughs> As recorded by a cassette tape player. Like, yeah. <laughs> A cassette tape player that I had to order for the States because I could not find one in Australia. So I had to buy like a plug converter as well. And remember during the show, I had to flip the tape halfway through because it was only like a, it was like only a, a 60 minute. So it might not be the complete show. It will be oh, most there's a, of There'll be a gap show. in the middle. <laughs> yeah. We'll do, an, we'll do an auction on the Patreon. High, go to the highest bidder. Would you like to get a shittier recorded version of something you can already download for free off the internet? <laughs> uh, are there any other analog technologies you'd like to see revived? Yeah, the house phone on the wall. Really? Why? I'm trying to down my screen time, you know, and uh, right. so I've been basically turning off my phone when I'm at home and it's good. I, I think it's actually, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm reading more, um, you know, uh, and I kind of just in general feel like I'm less, you know, I I think there is something to that idea that, you know, we're constantly, you know, fulfilling our dopamine hits with, you know, Instagram and Twitter and those sort of things. And that there is something about how you can't relax when you're in that 
constant heightened state and i have to be a bit for work anyway mm. like be across those things so i'm trying to in my downtime just but i've noticed that turning off my phone just freaks people out people think you're dead because if they ring you and your really? phone's off and then they ring you like an hour later and your phone's still off people just completely freak out so i'm talking old school phone on the wall doesn't have an answering machine so if you want to talk to me You've just got to get lucky in that I'm at home at the time when the phone rings and that I feel like talking. I'm uh, trialling a new dog walker at the moment. Speaking of analogue technology, I was walking past my local supermarket and I saw stuck to the wall, just outside, like the tiniest little typewritten, like on a, written on a typewriter, a little like uh, index card. And it was like, hello, my name is so-and-so. I'm a retired lady. I love dogs. You know, if anyone needs anyone to walk or mind their dogs, please get in touch just so happens that we are looking for someone to mind our dog and so um she doesn't have a mobile number she has only this and she has no answering machine so to get in touch with her like it took two or three goes to get in touch with her i went and visited lovely lady but i'm like i did have that fear of well what if like i need to get in contact with her on an emergency or whatever and it's like well that's my issue to deal with that's not her problem <laughs> like she's gonna live her life and then you know if those two so two things meet up, you know, she'd love to sort of like get the, you know, get the work and mind the dog when that happens, but she's not going to sweat it if it doesn't. Right. I was like, you gold lady, you <laughs> found the answer to life. <laughs> yeah, I think that that would uh, take us back a little bit. So I am in favor of that. Old phone on the wall. Okay. Further to that, do you have any thoughts on the 80s nostalgia influence on pop culture on movies like Ready Player One, Turbo Kid or music? Um, I'm not into it. I've spoken about this in the podcast before. I'm, I really hate fan service, Force Awakens type movies where it's like, ah, ah, you remember this bit, don't you? And you're like this, and ah, here's that tagline and stuff. I feel like us Generation X, the guys who are running popular culture at the moment, need to start creating some new stories and stop trying to recreate what we grew up on. I think it's cool to have nostalgia and you know all that kind of shit, but it's like. You know, those, the, the storytellers and the, and the, especially in film, the filmmakers of that era were the ones creating these legendary, iconic characters. I don't want to keep going back to the well. I want to see new characters, original IP. Yeah, I, I don't know what this decade, what are, what are we about now? Like, what's the, you know, the, know, the style of movie, you know, storytelling or TV storytelling that we have now that isn't, I mean, there's a bit more originality, I guess, on like cable TV and Netflix and some things like that. But, um, but you know, in regard to going to the movies in particular, like everything is a franchise movie or a reboot or it seems that everything that's being announced, like even on Netflix and stuff, I'm like, oh, okay, there's a Sabrina reboot and they're remaking, mm. you know, there's a new Halloween movie and you're like, I mean, fine, whatever, but... At the same time, fuck, just, is there not any new original stories? But it's also that idea too of like, not every idea is fit for a reboot. I mean, in Australia, they're talking about like dusting off like a country practice and stuff. And it's like, well, that is just, you're talking about the most generic kind of drama there is. Like you can, surely you can create a new drama about people who live in a country town and there's, you know, the loves and lives of all these different characters. But it's kind of like there's this fear of, oh, we can't, People will not take anything that they don't recognize the name of. But I don't think that is true. Like when you, uh, what I often like to do is I'll go online and I'll 
Google like, you know, top 10 independent sci-fi, top 10 independent, and then hunt those films down, stuff that I haven't heard of. But, you know, people were well regarded and then watch that. And it's so much more exciting. Like I keep, I went and saw the new Halloween movie, for instance, and I love the original Halloween, big fan of all John Carpenter's films. And I, this happens every time. It happened with Force Awakens. I get sucked into the marketing and I'm like, you know, I guess it's that dopamine thing again, where it's like, yes, yes, I, re- I remember the feeling when I first saw that film. I remember yeah, it's that iconic mask and all that kind of stuff. And then I was watching the film and I'm like, this is not the same. And it's, I would have much rather have seen Danny McBride and David Gordon Green do an original take on the slasher film. Like, I get that, I mean, part of me going into the film was like, I love this kind of, I love the mythology of this character, this Michael Myers thing and this idea of like this, this random killing machine and, you know, who is he and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, they're going to get into that. And, you know, maybe it'll just be like, and it wasn't that it was just playing the hits. I mean, they, they tried to kind of invert some stuff and and it's a completely well-made film, but there was nothing surprising about it. Like that first original Halloween film invented a genre. And now this is just the tail end of that genre. There's nothing, they're not reinventing the wheel. I saw Hamo afterwards and I said to him, like, you know, I just keep having this thing where I'll go to see these reboots or whatever and I get excited because the marketing gets me and then I get disappointed. The only film I haven't felt that way about was the Mad Max reboot. And the reason that I didn't feel that is because George Miller did reinvent it. Like everything you knew about the original Mad Max film, he turned on its head. That desaturated look that everyone associates with Apocalypse films. It was bright Technicolor. You know, he shifted the focus off the Max character and brought in like a, a, a strong female character. Max went from being a stoic kind of cowboy to being a dude with PTSD who was almost like a comic relief character in a lot of ways. Like he flipped everything and so it did feel like a new story. If you're going to do that with films, with recognized IP, then I'm all for it. Like they do with comic books. Take that character that you know, but now you're doing it as this, or you know, you, you, different genre of filmmaker or a different genre of film. But yeah, I don't, I, I just, I get let down so often. How about we do a Halloween reboot where Mike Myers is played by Mike Myers? Yeah. So we get Sold. Canadian TV comic actor Mike Myers to play like an older version of Mike Myers, looking back. Yeah. Yeah. What about Mike Myers playing Austin Powers as a killer? <laughs> Just put an extra bit of recognizable branding on top of it. <clears throat> uh, okay. Ross finishes. Anyway, thanks for all the hours of entertainment you provided to Tofop, Fofop, and Two Guys, One Cup, and answering my question about Shinbona Spirit, as this takes a lot of time to produce from your other projects. I look forward to putting my Patreon money towards the Tofop answering machine. Sincerely, Ross Pentland. Uh, Tofop answering machine. That's a good idea. Yeah. That, Maybe we can just get like a dedicated phone line. Well, that's not a bad idea too, because then we would have our listeners' voices on. We could play it on air. Yeah. And get people to answer, like ask their own questions. Now, that's actually pretty good. Yeah, but but it should be like an old school answering machine, not like a digital one, like a tape one that we <laughs> that's all scratchy and stuff. That each week we have to record a new message. <laughs> oh, Yes. Yeah, that's pretty good, actually. I like that. That that sounds like a well good done, idea. Ross. Um, hey, uh, new answer. I have should. to finish up soon. So, did you want to tell the other okay, bad well, thing that happened to you? Should we do the more faxes next time? Uh, yeah, let's do. Let's say faxes. Okay, the last bad thing. So, yesterday I was involved in an accident. Oh, hang on. <laughs> yeah, look, things are okay, <clears throat> but it was pretty full on. I uh, I was driving. I was looking for a park on a fairly busy street. 
<clears throat> saw a park, put my indicator on, and as I was pulling in, this cyclist came flying up on my inside. And I saw him just in time and braked, but he hit the bonnet and fucking flew. Oh, Jesus. I thought, he'd, I thought he was dead. Jesus. Like, he hit, he hit the car so hard and flew off the bonnet. Oh. And I was like, holy fucking shit. So I pulled over. Immediately, sort of, people came over and were attending to him and stuff. He was in a lot of pain. <clears throat> I went up. I was like, holy shit, I'm so sorry. I did not even see you. Surprisingly, he wasn't angry. <clears throat> I think, because I didn't know what had happened. It all happened so fast. I, I was sure that I'd checked my mirror and stuff, but maybe it was my blind spot or whatever. L thank God I was only going about five kilometers an hour. Like, yeah. I literally was just trying to pull into a park. But um, this kid... It was amazing to see the way, like, just strangers jumped into action. There's about four or five people gathered around this dude. And this young guy was on the phone. He called an ambulance. And then, because I was so freaked out. And I was just like, fuck, what do I do? I don't want to, like, I'm just going to stand back. And, you know, when I'm needed to contribute, I'll contribute. <clears throat> so we helped get this guy off the road. This young dude came over to me and said, hey, man, just so you know, I saw the whole thing. It was no one's fault. Like, he was flying up on the inside. He didn't see you. You didn't see him. You know, if you need me to kind of like be a witness, I'm happy to do that. Here's my number. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, that makes me feel a lot better. But we had to get an ambulance for this guy. He was Brazilian, didn't speak much English. So that was a bit of a struggle because we were like, we couldn't tell where it hurt. We didn't want to move him or anything right. like that. Luckily, this cafe owner just happened to be Port uh, Brazilian, came out, translated for this guy. So... Everyone chips in, you know, the guy's like, it's his ankle that's hurting. It's his ankle. Everything else is okay. He's all right. Can someone call his girlfriend? Let him know. So everyone's going into action. So the dude wants to be moved just onto the gutter, just off the, off the side of the road. So we sort of like gently move him onto the gutter. So the ambulance <clears throat> is arriving. We can see it coming. And this is typical, like so fucking Sydney. So we're like, great. We all clear to make space for the ambulance to pull over on the side of the road. So this guy can get guy into the ambulance. This fucking Range Rover zips into the parking spot. Are you kidding and me? And I'm like, whoa, 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 no. Yeah, nah. And so I go out to the window and it's like, it's an Alan Jones type. Oh. Like this kind of rich, like, you know, Eastern suburbs Sydney dude. And I'm like, tapping on the glass, I'm like, mate, there's a, we've had an accident here. We're waiting for an ambulance. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I won't be very long. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, this is an emergency. We have to get this guy to hospital. And the guy's like, trying to ignore me, like, winds his window up. And I'm like, hey, buddy, buddy. And I'm like, banging on the bonnet. He wouldn't listen to me. Till finally, like, everyone has to come over and say to this guy, you can't park here. See those flashing lights behind you? That's an ambulance. And so finally, the guy, like, rolls his eyes as if we've, like, put him out. Like, he was on his way to some, like, fucking organic, uh, you know, uh, juice factory or something like that. He was so pissed off. But so he got moved. Ambulance came in. And, uh, they sort of they sort of diagnosed it as like it's a, well it's nothing no head injuries no bleeding nothing like that seemed okay but they wanted to take him to the hospital for scans so me and this dude sort of swapped numbers I said look you know anything you need to do just give me a call let me know um, and so they took him away turns out I messaged him last night I was like hey man just want to see how you're doing he's broken his foot um, which is a real bummer um, but it was amazing. In my head, I was like, because I've had friends who have done this, had the exact sort of accident happen in the States. Mm. And this is a moment where you're like, holy fucking shit. Like, am I going to get subpoenaed or am I, is this guy going to like uh, serve, serve me papers or whatever? Because in our country, this dude gets hit, he's going to get taken care of, like straight to hospital, no worries. 
But if you're in a country where you don't have like universal healthcare, like I've had a friend who ran over someone's foot in a car park and that person is suing him for a million dollars. I mean, that person whose foot he did run over was Ronaldo, the soccer player. So yeah. <laughs> it's actually unders. Really should have taken him for a lot more. But it was funny because I called the police as well. Yeah. Once the ambulance took off, I called the police just to say, hey, look, I was involved in a traffic incident. I'm not sure what the protocol is, but, you know, I just want to sort of get in touch if I need to make a statement. They said to me, look, it's really up to the injured party to make a statement. He's got your details. If that happens and we need to get in contact with you, we'll get it all sorted. So I was like, okay, I think I've done everything I can. And I was talking to the cafe owner, the Brazilian guy, and I was just sort of thanking him for coming out. And, you know, he took the guy's, the guy's bike was fine, amazingly. So he took the guy's bike in the cafe to hold on to it for him until he gets out. And I was saying, um, you know, thanks for helping out. Thanks for translating. And, you know, what a fucking shit couple of hours. And he was like, no, he's gone, thank you for not, like, driving off. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean? He's gone, he's gone, I see fucking, like, accidents happen on this road all the time. And the amount of time someone just floors it as soon as they're involved in an accident. It's like, I was actually quite surprised that you pulled over and came back and gave this guy your number. And so I was like, okay, cool. And so I was feeling really good about myself. Then I'm like, am I a fucking idiot? Like, if everyone else has floored it after an accident, should I have floored it? Have I just, like, set myself up for some fucking massive shock? I mean, seriously, Charlie, did you learn nothing in your years at the Mount Thomas Police Force? <laughs> nothing. I learned that there can be terrorist attacks, explosions, and multiple serial killers in a town of a population of less than 5,000. Um, all right, let's wrap it up. You've got to get yes, out of here. I've got to get out of here. Um, I am doing Josh Earl's podcast, Don't You Know Who I Am. They're doing their final live one today, and I'm doing that. Um, people won't uh, hear this, obviously, before that is happening, and uh, I don't think he normally tells people who's on. So, But that episode will come out at some stage in the future. If you're not listening to Josh's podcast, it's, it's, it's excellent. It's a really good podcast. It's a game show that he developed and came up with himself. Um, it's a really cool show. It's uh, got heaps of great comedians on and you learn some new stories and some things about them. And it's a really fun game show that one of the networks should pick up and actually put on TV, I reckon. But uh, anyway, it's called Don't You Know Who I Am by Josh Earl. And uh, don't forget, next week is the live stream, patreon.com forward slash tofop for all the details. If you haven't signed up already, you should get onto it. It'll be fun. Be part of the show. Be part of the action. Uh, do you have any tour dates, Will? Uh, yes. In fact, uh, in a couple of weeks, I will be in Pakenham and Bendigo and then the next weekend, uh, Noosa and Townsville. So uh, go to comedy.com.au, uh, Will Anderson, and uh, find all the details of those dates. But they're coming up with Justin Hamilton doing those shows as well. Oh, and oh, sorry, uh, from the 7th to the 15th of December, I'm doing a week of uh, work in progress shows at the Sydney Comedy Store. I haven't been at the store for ages and it's my favourite kind of stand-up comedy room. They'll be sort of half muck around, half new ideas, half, you know, improv, whatever. I don't know, a lot of halves. They'll be, I'll jam all those halves into one show and uh, <laughs> they'll be fun. You get 15 halves, you get one whole, yeah, I believe. Exactly. Uh, that's what my maths teacher taught me at high school. Uh, I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you.